0: Please note the following warning, disclosure, and disclaimer. This interview does not constitute legal advice or create a client-attorney relationship with anyone. The information contained in this interview is presented on an as-is basis, with no guarantee of completeness, accuracy, usefulness, timeliness, or of the results obtained from the use of this information, and without warranty of any kind, express or implied, including but not limited to warranties of performance, merchantability, or fitness for a particular purpose. While we have taken every reasonable precaution to ensure that the content is accurate, errors can occur. In all cases, you should consult with a qualified professional familiar with your particular situation for advice concerning specific matters. And Ruth Carter, you are that qualified professional. So please tell us who you are and what you do. (laughs)
1: Hi, Chris, I am Ruth Carter, a licensed attorney based in Arizona. I am an authority on business, intellectual property, and internet law, and I have recently been bombarded with questions about how AI and the law interact.
0: And and, and, uh, part of that is me. (laughs) Part of that is people like me asking questions. So um, let's get started with a question just to help clarify things for people. What is copyright?
1: So to have a copyright in the US, you only need two things. You need an original work of authorship that is fixed in a tangible medium. That's it. It doesn't, um, put any qualifications on the quality of the work. Um, and uh, that tangible medium can be a digital file that requires some type of device or computer to properly perceive it. Uh, But one thing to note, there is no copyright protection for um, facts, ideas, or unoriginal uh, arrangements of facts.
0: Okay. What's the difference in between a, a copyright, uh, a, like a trademark, and a patent? Because we hear these terms a lot, is particularly in like AI.
1: Yeah, we hear these terms a lot. And unfortunately, many people who are in the media use these terms uh, interchangeably when they're not. So copyrights apply to original works. So in the time before computers, we would think of things like painting, sculpture, architecture, dance, music. um, Those are things that are covered by copyright. Trademarks apply to what people in marketing would call branding. So that's names of companies, products, logos, slogans, the things you put on, the things that you're offering to the public to differentiate what you're offering from your competition. Um, And it is possible for a trademark to be protected by both trademark and copyright, depending on what you're claiming as your mark. And then patents applies to inventions. So thankfully, most people aren't confusing uh, copyright trademarks and patents, but it's the copyright trademark thing where people tend to um, misuse or think that the terms are synonymous when they're not.
0: Gotcha. Because you had mentioned there's no copyright protection for ideas and algorithms, but there can be patent protection for those. Exactly. Okay. So at Content Marketing World, we were both at Content Marketing World uh, not too long ago. You'd said that. Case law around AI created content is largely settled uh, based on the a selfie, right? This selfie here uh, in the case Naruto versus Slater, uh, content created by non humans is inherently public domain. Can you outline that case and and, and what it entailed and what it, how it applies to AI?
1: Okay, so here's what happened. Slater is a photographer. He was in Indonesia and. He had put his camera down, and Naruto, this monkey, came along and picked it up and started fiddling with it and ended up taking several pictures, including this selfie. And so this case centers on who owns the copyright in uh, this photograph. The photographer who owned the camera says, I own it. And um, PETA, who brought this case on behalf of Naruto, says, no, the monkey owns it. And so... The ruling in the case was that um, the monkey cannot own the copyright in the photo because only humans can own copyrights. So in this situation, because um, somebody who is not a human took the photo, it doesn't qualify for copyright protection. And so this photo is in public domain because um, it has no copyright, it never had a copyright.
0: So I can show this here and and this is totally fair game. I could I could use this in a blog post even because it
1: it is public domain. Absolutely. You can put it on T-shirts. You can sell it. You can you can make prints. You can do whatever you want with this photo and nobody can stop you. Um, On the flip side, you can't stop anybody from competing with you because you have no rights in it either.
0: Uh, One point of clarification, you said a human can hold a copyright, but can't. Don't corporations also hold copyrights, or is that not the case?
1: No, um, copyrights can be held by corporations, by legal entities, but corporation. But you have to have a human involved in the creation of the thing. They have to be primarily involved. You can use um, a computer to, you know, create your art or create your blog post or whatever is your work, but the computer doesn't own. The copyright, even though it was used in the process. Um, okay, so, yes, a company can own a copyright, but a human has to create the work that is protected by copyright. A human okay. being not a legal, um, not a, you know, a legal entity is not enough.
0: Got it. Okay. So why is this a case of you know, generation by a non human outweighing the model of of software like Microsoft Word, like, for example, Microsoft Word is, is a piece of software, and I work with it to generate content, and AI based tools, I do the same thing to a degree, right, I provide prompts, I provide model tuning, why would the output of an AI not be protected in the same way that the output of Microsoft Word is protected by copyright?
1: so i look at microsoft word as a medium um you know just like we don't give copyright to paint and canvas we give it to the person who used them so you're using a tool now there are software that will do like auto completes and things like that Um, but then in those situations i would ask what are you claiming as the work if are you creating something that is solely um, auto complete and just whatever it suggests next you're approving? Um, In that case, I would ask, is that the entire work or is that like one sentence? Uh, Because there's probably not copyright protection in one sentence because that's not enough to qualify as an original work of authorship. Um, And then I'm thinking about my phone where like if I'm on Facebook and it's Oh, suggesting, it's giving me like three choices, and I'm still the one deciding which one it's going in. So there's an argument that it's still a human choice as to which options you are going with.
0: Okay, so that was like the uh, the copyright case with um, the copyright office and Thaler, where Thaler, the, 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 the copyright office said that um, they don't view, uh, they will not register work produced by a machine or mere mechanical process that operates without any creative input or intervention from a human author. So is there? How do do you how do you Define the line, but what constitutes, because obviously a machine that like, I, I, there's like, I guess a spectrum of generation. There's totally human made, where it's like you and me and Word, like, you know, we're, we're, we're doing everything, pushing the keys. There's totally AI generated, where a machine is just cranking out stuff. And there's, you know, you just, you don't even give it a prompt. You say, just make stuff, <laughs> um, which is what happens with generative adversarial networks. But then there's this fuzzy ground all in the middle of, well, I did provide a prompt and I did reject, you know, uh, stable diffusion made 25 versions of this this prompt, and I had to be the one to pick which one of the 25 it was because 24 of them sucked. Uh, <laughs> where is where is the, is there a line? And, and how does a, how does someone who's interested in, in copywriting their their works? How did the how do you find that line?
1: So it's important to differentiate in Thayer. What happened there is uh, he listed himself on the copyright application as merely the owner of the machine. Um, so, and he claimed that the machine did all the creating. So from that perspective, um, you can't apply for a copyright or you can't list an author who's not, um, who's not an owner or um who did not do the actual creating so Mm -hmm. that was part of his issue is that there was no human on the application who created Um, and then getting into you know where is the line if you create something and then run it through a process to get the ai generated result what you input could be protected by copyright. And then the resulting work that came out of the AI could be a derivative work of your prompt, which still puts the copyright ownership back on the person who created the prompt. So,
0: okay. That no, that's interesting, because obviously for something like if I put in a photo of myself, right, and that I took, and I say, I want you to Put a pink flamingo party hat on me. Um, Oh, actually, let's back up. What is what is a derivative work? I've heard that term a lot, and I'd like an official opinion. What is a derivative work?
1: All right. So to back up even further, when you own a copyright, you get five rights. You get the rights to copy, distribute, display, perform, and to make derivative works. So derivative works are works that are based on an original work. So if you wrote a paragraph in English and put it through Google Translate, that translation would be a derivative work of what you created. The best way I know to explain derivative works is with Star Wars. So the original work may be the book or the first movie. Derivative works would be Everything that came out um, that people buy that is Star Wars branded. So things like T-shirts, action figures, the Yoda backpacks, things I can't think of at the top of my head right now, um, costumes, all of those are derivative works. And whoever owns the copyright gets to decide what derivative works are made.
0: Gotcha. So okay. what
1: derivative work is.
0: Okay. So in the case of these generative AI models... I put in a photo of myself, say, put a pink flamingo hat on me. I took the photo. That's pretty clearly a derivative work, right? It's still substantially my work. It'd it'd be like me, you know, scratching off Star Wars on the the DVD and calling, you know, Space Wars. That would clearly be a ripoff. Exactly. How about a text prompt that yields an image? I specify I want a picture of a Korean woman at a desk wearing a gray suit, uh, drinking a cup of coffee in an office at sunrise, highly realistic 8k resolution. That's my prompt. And the machine says, Okay, here's 45 versions, please choose one of these 45. And I pick the one that I like. Is that a derivative work? Because it's a totally different medium.
1: So I guess the question would be, is what you put in an original work worthy of copyright, and Uh a list of factors may not be so um, in that situation, I don't see it. Um, Based on the information provided, that that resulting photo would be a derivative work. Um, On the flip side, somebody else who has who has taken a photo of a woman in a gray suit drinking coffee at sunrise on, in an office couldn't say, "Hey, you copied me," necessarily, um, unless you can prove that the machine actually pulled and copied, because um, there, because what you may have only copied. Uh, in comparison, are facts. Like, this is what a human looks like. This is what a gray suit looks like. This is what coffee looks like. This is what sunrise looks like. You've only copied The only similarities are factually based, not uh, a situation where somebody took this photo and scanned it or Xeroxed it uh, to generate this AI-generated image. Okay.
0: So... I guess that means derivative works works in reverse as well. If I take a public domain image and I, and I modify it, is my modification still in the public domain?
1: You would only qualify for copyright protection in what you added to it. You couldn't claim copyright ownership of the aspects of your work that are from what was public domain.
0: Okay, so like if I put a, a pink flamingo hat on the Mona Lisa. Um, <laughs> I, I, I cannot claim the the derivative work in its entirety as as mine, because it's substantially based still on a public domain piece of work.
1: Exactly.
0: Okay. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to get into the the the, the mathematical formula stuff now, <laughs> as, as I'm known to do. So you mentioned. Um Autocomplete, right? So autocomplete is based on a, uh, a model called LSTMs, long short-term memory, and essentially they memorize the, the unique patterns of words that you put in into your phone over time, and essentially spit that back and say the probability of you typing lawsuit immediately after word copyright is pretty high, so we're going to auto suggest that as opposed to uh, copyright, you know, layer cake. Uh, that's probably statistically less likely. If I'm using autocomplete on a phone, and I'm writing a paragraph, a poem or something using autocomplete, how, where does that sort of fall in the, in the spectrum of copyright? Because a machine, I am I am making judgments about which word to suggest, but I am not the one actually writing at that point. The machine and I are writing together.
1: So the machine learned based on what you historically put in, so right. the argument could be that because it is based on past inputs from you that you're still the writer and you're still the one who is accepting the autocomplete suggestions
0: okay you're the one who <clears throat> so that
1: save or send or whatever to create that work
0: okay so that that puts an in interesting twist then on AI models. So there are these really large models like stable diffusion or GPT three, these, you know, these massive models that you get out of the box from a company like open AI or hugging face. Um, that That is its name. It's a great name. <laughs> And then there's a process in model management called fine tuning where you say, Okay, I've got this large corpus, uh, well, you know, say it's the the GPT Neo x 20 b model from hugging face. And then I say, I'm gonna take my blog, which is only like 2000 posts, like it's a very small compared to the 800 million pieces of text that it was trained. on, But I can say, I want this model to be tuned to most closely mimic my blog, I'm gonna I want it to reweight all of it, the it's likely outcomes based on my copyrighted works. So I'm taking a public domain model, but I'm tuning it. In that instance, again, how does how does this look from the eyes of the law? Because now it's no longer the stock off the shelf model. Now it is it is almost flavored with my copyrighted works,
1: right? So I wouldn't be surprised if we have future lawsuits related to copyright and AI to parse out some of these things. But my best guess is the law may look at these AI softwares similar to Microsoft Word, similar to paint and canvas. And this is a tool. But it still comes down to how the human is using it that produces the results.
0: Okay, so if I get from one of these many, 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 many tools that are available um, an AI-generated blog post, clearly, if I just copy and paste that on my blog, because it's purely machine-generated, I put in a keyword, right? Um, and and a keyword is definitely not enough to qualify as authorship, like you know. Uh, intellectual property law, and right. it would spit out a blog post. I copy and paste that in its entirety. That that's pr- almost certainly public domain.
1: Yes, that would be my best guess.
0: How uh, and I know there's no mathematical number of how much of it would I have to rewrite as a person to get copyright to apply to it again?
1: Alright, so let me start by just speaking as a human and that to date most ai generated blog posts are crap i remember when ai tried to like make up pickup lines and it was hilarious and disturbing so start there so from that perspective you would have to change it a lot to be something worth using um but to be copyrightable we're getting into where's the mathematical equation doesn't exist in law. They don't like using that. So they would look at um, where is your original thought because there is no copyright in facts. So if this whole blog post just generated facts, like let's say you said, give me a blog post about dogs and it said, well, dogs have four paws and ears and are, can be pets. Well, okay. All you know, and and if the only things you create copied are just the facts, well, there's no, all you did was, you know, it's like using an encyclopedia. So, um, you probably wouldn't get copyright protection in, you know, in what you create unless until you add in original work of authorship, your original thoughts, and then that would be protected by copyright.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So in, because I remember, uh, I think I mentioned you, there was a case called Torusoft versus Droznan, and one of the things that they had said in that case was um, the owner of the software, and not the user, held the copyright if the if the software is doing the 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 lion's share of the work. Um, they didn't really explain what the lion, what a lion's share is.
1: No, they didn't, and in, in that case, and the law is really good at that. Is they they leave the door open for future litigation. Right? So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I took a look at that case, and what they said was because the issue was are the could the defendant use printouts from this software without violating copyright. So um, the software owner was saying, well, those are derivative works because it came through my software, therefore I own it. And so the in that specific case, the law said that the uh, software was only doing an unoriginal arrangement of facts and Mm. so there was no copyright in the printouts and so there was no violation of copyright by using said printouts there may have been copyright in that software code um even binary code zeros and ones can be sufficient to be protected by copyright but the um but in this specific case it sounds like it didn't, it didn't get there. So um, there was no copyright violation in the defendant using the printouts in his book.
0: Got it. Okay. Um, one of the things I think is challenging is that the quality of what machines are starting to create is is getting away from absolute crap uh, and getting into mediocre to decent, right? So this is an example, I just put this in, I put in my my search terms, implications of AI on copyright law. And what this one particular series, this is go Charlie um, spit out is readable and coherent, it is factually incorrect. So um, there there are, you know, certainly, if I was, if I was a human who wanted to use, I was like, Okay, I clearly need to do some editing and cleanup. But from a a usability perspective, it's not bad, right? So in terms of how much I would have to modify, I'd probably have to modify the factual stuff, obviously, obviously. Um, But in terms of tone and the way it's generating content, it's, it's not bad. So hence the my question about like, how do we determine when something re qualifies for copyright because this is okay,
1: Except for the fact that it's, you know, false. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but I think if you wanted to use something like Go Charlie to put in an idea to see what it pumps out for ideas or potential like subheadings, I, I don't know. That's not a bad way to go in terms of looking for ideas to cover the scope of a topic. Um, and as we previously exchanged emails, I um, th- there, if you create a blog post based on an outline, you still would probably have copyright in your resulting work uh, because you added your original thoughts to it. So, um, I, I don't know if we're, you know, I don't know if this would get us there in terms of having something worth taking back to the court to say, let's reexamine this AI copyright machine involvement, uh, situation. But, I think it's, I think it's a, a way to look at these AI tools as ways to assist content creators in terms of what they create. Um, mm-hmm. I know that doesn't really address your copyright question, but that's the perspective that, that first came to my mind when I looked at what you put on the screen.
0: Got it. <clears throat> if I'm a company or person and I'm using these tools to generate uh, AI based content, for example, there's a there is an AI painting that actually won uh, uh, an art contest award and the art contest is now like, okay, we're, we're prohibiting um, AI generated content, and a bunch of services like Unsplash and, and Pixabay and stuff are all saying, Yeah, we're not accepting, you know, submissions of AI generated content either, which to me, that at least says, okay, from a quality perspective, it's it's there, it's enough that you have to make that rule now is as, as you know, previously, like, that's yeah, not going to win anything. So <laughs> you don't need to worry about machines entering. <clears throat> if I Am creating AI-based stuff. How could I protect uh, my company's AI-generated content? Obviously, um, if it's purely machine-generated, it's not over uh, under kind of traditional copyright law. What about what are the, my other options?
1: Okay, couple <laughs> of thoughts. One, I want to go back and look at that art contest rules because all the ones that I've looked at to date, not including this one, um, said like you could only enter in your own art. So I have, my first question is, did this art piece that won, did it qualify to be entered? Um, Again, I'm not their lawyer, I'm not involved. I didn't write those rules, um, but that's what I'm curious about. Back to your real question about how does a company protect its AI generated content? So, as we just discussed, it doesn't look like we're gonna have full pieces of work that are fully AI generated um, that are usable yet. Uh, And so it would be hard to say that um, at least in terms of like a blog post like a company isn't going to be doing that. Um, but if you're, if, but if you are putting out something that is a hundred percent AI generated, let's say like on Instagram, which is very image focused and a lot of people are creating images, you probably can't, um, you can create, mm-hmm. you can protect the content, the, the verbiage that you put with it. If it's, if it qualifies as an original work, um, but the image itself, Probably not. There would be nothing you could do to stop somebody from, from using something that you don't own any rights in. So unless you can prove that it, unless it unless you somehow prove that y- this is an original prompt that you put in the original prompt that is copyright protected and the results of the AI, gen- you know, the AI generation, um, is a derivative work. Maybe. Um, that might be your only your only way to claim protection is to say that's a derivative work of something that is copyright protected. Otherwise, you have to accept that potentially as a risk of using AI to create content.
0: If I slap a big uh, watermark on it, then at least my trademark protects the piece though, right? Uh,
1: if you put your trademark on it and somebody uses it with your trademark, then that's a trademark issue. That's not a copyright issue, but yes, you could do that.
0: But at Um, that point, I could engage your services to sue them.
1: (laughs) Potentially, yes. Um, Or if you use AI to generate a trademark and you are using it as such, you would have trademark rights. But if somebody takes that trademark and starts using it as their trademark on a completely different type of product or service... That may be okay. Um, It is possible for two companies completely separate to have the same trademark um, without there being a violation. That's why we Mm -hmm. can have Delta Dental, Delta Airlines, Delta Faucet. No one thinks that that's that's one company. We know it's three separate companies.
0: That's true. Yeah. I mean, it'd be very strange if it was the same company. Like, here, this flight's going to be miserable anyway, so let's do some dental work. (laughs) 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 Exactly. (laughs) Okay, so... That's interesting because so if if companies that are if we know companies are using AI generated content, if I were to you know through my own tools as Google is doing identify that this is machine generated content, um, could I reuse it without their permission? I'll give you an example. The the. um, This this is another copy uh, AI service, and you have all these companies' logos on here. They're clearly saying, you know, these companies use our software. Well, clearly, you're now declaring um, these companies are using are creating at least some percentage of their content as machine generated.
1: Okay, but all that tells me is that they're using the tool. That's not telling me how they're using the tool.
0: Okay, got it. Is there a legal risk as a company if? You publicly state that you use AI uh, in your content generation. Could you know? Could someone else challenge that company and say, "Yeah, your content should be in the public domain"?
1: I guess I would wonder how much money do you have, and <laughs> you don't really want to do that um, because, I mean, you know, lawyers and lawsuits are not cheap. So. I guess my question would be what makes you think that, well, what works are you claiming are public domain and what's your evidence for that? Right. And do you really want to challenge it? Like, what? I mean, if it was my client who came to me with, wanting to do this, I would wonder, like, are you wearing a tinfoil hat? Um, <laughs> and, and I, I, would, I mean, my question would be like, what's the upside in challenging this? Um, and Got it. I, OK. It. <laughs> on
0: the flip side of that, then if I'm the company that is using these tools in my process, how should I think about documenting um, that I used humans, um, at least in a part of the process, so that if I ever am challenged by some tinfoil hat person with a lot of money, you know, like some, you know, random billionaire on Twitter, um, what evidence would I need to provide to debase that claim?
1: I would look at like, what is your company's process for creating content, um, where you probably have things like drafts and you have people who are paid to create content and you can look at their files and you can look at, um, we don't really keep minutes at meetings anymore, but if there were minutes from meetings, um, things like that, uh, just to see are there discussions about how do we use AI and how do we transform it? Um, one of the things we talked about earlier had to do with Disney. And I could totally see Disney using, I would think for some reason, I started thinking about Lion King. um you know, could look at like, okay, what does a lion look like? How does a lion move? And so to make it authentic to, you know make the um, the animation, accurately reflect how does this animal move in reality. And that would be one way to assist their creation um, without s- s- putting themselves in a situation where, you know, an a-, or a claim of, oh, you know, an AI created this entire movie, which I, I don't think we have AI that that's Good enough yet to do anything like Not that? Not yet.
0: We're getting there. We're uh, this morning. Google debuted Imagen Video, which is uh, take a a prompt and it'll create you know a 10 second snippet of video out of it. And so that we're we're gonna be there at some point. All right. Um, <clears throat> if I see a competitor's content, like I see a competitor's ad, for example, I'm maybe in SpyFu, the the, the SEO software, and I can pull copies of you know competitors, uh, top performing images. And I look at that and I completely generate something new that's materially similar to their ad, like an image of a woman working at a desk reading a newspaper, sipping a coffee cup at, in an office wearing a gray suit in the morning. <clears throat> you were saying earlier this, this is still they still would not be able to pursue a copyright claim on their ad because this is not their ad image. This is me interpreting their ad image as a prompt for a machine.
1: Potentially, they would have to probably, potentially bring a lawsuit, put both pictures side by side and say, make the argument that you used AI like a Xerox machine. Um, Mm -hmm. And is that likely to happen? Um, Whereas... Let's take another situation. Let's say you were a photographer and you saw this really cool maternity photo where somebody was like posing on a mountain and in with wildflowers around them, and they were holding their belly in a certain way. Um, and you would say you took a pregnant person up to a, a mountaintop with wildflowers and you know posed them in the same way, and you generated two very similar pictures the person who gave you the inspiration cannot sue you for copyright infringement because the only thing you copied was the idea of this is the photo uh this is this is the pose this is the setting and so it would it would tackle the issue of that gray area between what is the difference between copying an idea versus copying a work
0: got it okay suppose a machine generated image that, you know, maybe somebody put in, um, you know, Korean man sitting at desk with microphone, uh, you know, with bookcase behind, uh, recording a podcast and you know, generated an image that say to a facial recognition algorithm would flag it as me. Do I have any recourse to protect my likeness? Um, even though that isn't me, it was generated, but it, it, it's past is so strongly revered, it resembles me that it, facial recognition would say it was me.
1: Right. The challenging question, Um, because it sounds like they didn't strive to copy you. It just was a a happy accident. Uh, And so it's like, you know, so if they could show like, Hey, we didn't copy Chris. The fact that that it came out similar to Chris is just you know serendipity um it made me think of my friend uh my friend david rower looks remarkably similar to robert downey jr and there was a picture of him like standing next to a poster of robert downey jr um like in a movie theater and facebook suggested that robert downey jr's face was his um so you know it happens there are people who
0: I think your connection, either your connection or my connection, just dropped. One of the two. There you go. Now you're
1: back. One of the two. Uh, Probably mine. (laughs) Okay. My full answer Uh, come in about, like, you know, naturally occurring twinsies. You know, they look similar, but they're not related. Happens.
0: Right. Got it. Okay. And
1: nothing legally wrong happened.
0: Got it. Okay. Given all these issues around copyright and machine generated, do you think there will be. A a premium on uh, human-produced content that has a doc, has documentation, says a human. We certify; it's like certified organic. Uh, We certify that this content is organic and human-generated, only human-generated. No machines were involved. Do you think? If so, is that something you think like creators should be thinking about as as a differentiator?
1: Oh my God! Certified organic content. I love that. You you have to do something with that phrase. So the one challenge with that is no machines use at all means we couldn't use computers. So how would it? No generative
0: processes. How about that?
1: Okay, no generative processes. Um, All right, we we may have to have like a little, you know. I can't stop being a lawyer. I'm like a little star. Like you know, publishing on the internet is not generative. Um, So um, get on that. you know i that's a hard question because on one hand you don't have to deal with the legal ai issues on the flip side if you're just using it as a tool um it's probably there's a risk that the content it's gonna then you might have similarly um valued content but one might cost a lot more to create because it's going to take a solely human producer longer versus then letting an AI tool help. So maybe um, I think it may come down more to the value of the brand or the value of the person who is creating that's going to be um, adding the value not merely that only a human with their fingers created this content.
0: Gotcha. Although I mean, we do know that there certainly is a market for, uh, you know, goods and services that are artisanal handcrafted, you know, organic, gluten free, etc. cetera. Um,
1: Artisanal artisanal (laughs) content, handcrafted content. (laughs) These are all terms you have to find a home for Chris.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um, So we've covered a lot of AI. It sounds like though, that if you want to, you Err on the safe side as a as a company creating content, you should have humans substantially involved in in the creation. AI can help, but AI should not be in the driver's seat. Is what I would sum up what we've talked about. Exactly. Okay, and if you've got purely AI generated content, we have to acknowledge there is no copyright on it.
1: Exactly, there is no copyright in solely AI generated content.
0: Okay, if people. Are, I've heard this, and are now like, "Oh crap! I need a lawyer." Um, how do they get in touch with you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, yes. One of the upsides of copyright law is it's federal, so I can actually help anybody anywhere in the U.S. who wants to talk about their copyright issues. So I love that. Um, so the best place to find me is geeklawfirm.com. We'll get you connected to to me, my content, my socials, all those things.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for all of your information, not advice, information. (laughs) Today has been a pleasure having you on.
1: Uh, Likewise. Thank you so much.
0: And let's go ahead and hit our